What's going on, people? Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 73. We are here starting our team uh, divisional outlook series. We're going to be starting with the AFC West outlooks, where we go through each team and what we think from a fantasy perspective. Of course, this is Eugene speaking right now. We also got Ike here. How you feeling? Pretty good, man. Ready to dive into all these teams and just uh, kind of you know do a little bit of a mini deep dive into you know, a lot of the moves that they made and, you know, how we how we foresee them in fantasy. And also we're going to talk about, you know, a lot of the ADPs that we're, you know, we're looking at and see if we can get some value on uh, or see if you have been getting some value on some of these players that we've been as, as we've been doing drafts, for, you know, the Puppy 2 and Best Ball Mania 4 and things of that nature and just kind of some, some trends you're seeing with some of these players and how much of these players you're actually getting because, you know, just kind of doing a little bit of a, you know, just kind of in general, you you kind of notice, you know, certain players are going at ridiculous ranges and you've been realizing, you know, going back to your underdog exposure, um, you know, you see, oh man, I got a lot of this guy already. I got a lot of this guy already. And, you know, you're starting to, you, you, you write up some things about them that are in a positive manner and you feel pretty good about it. So um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about some of these players, man. Yeah. And also I want the people to realize like, you know, using the underdog ADP kind of helps you foresee in terms of redraft where some of these players are going to go. Of course, some of your leagues, you might not value the quarterback as high as we've seen in some of these underground underdog drafts. But I think for the general sentiment in terms of you, the way where you're seeing ADP is probably around the range where you're going to see some of these players in your redraft league. So just, you know, you want to use this as practice and just, you know, kind of foreshadowing how, you know, people, value certain players or positions in uh in drafts yeah man so uh we we can get, get this thing kicked off with the champs the, the the kansas city chiefs man they uh you know they they made a couple of moves this offseason oh look, let's talk about some of the departures first you know juju smith schuster scott you know signed with the pats um and then you know eric Bieniemy went to the washingtons uh, but they did hire matt Nagy, uh familiar face um as a new mm-hmm. offensive coordinator um, and then also uh, another another departure, McCall Hardman to the Jets. Um, you know, McCall Hardman, I mean, he was you know underutilized for the most part um, in Kansas City. So uh, I don't know if they'll really uh, miss him all that much. Um, but they did draft uh, Rasheed Rice, um, wide receiver out of SMU, really solid prospect um, in the second round. That's the second consecutive year that they've drafted a wide receiver in the second round. So Scott, obviously Sky Moore last year. Um, in 2022 was drafted in the second round didn't get much playing time or much production at all I think he only had like 200 yards and like a touchdown um, he did have a touchdown in the Super Bowl and it was only his only catch and he hit his under of seven and a half yards receiving which is completely <laughs> disrespectful um, and I only and I only remember this because I actually yeah so I had him in an underdog pick him and you know obviously that seven and a half receiving yards did not hit he hit the under I think his, his touchdown was four yards so needless to say, I'm still pretty upset about that. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and move on um, before I before I get even more worked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just you know, we want to go ahead and start with the start with the you know the, the king of the king of the AFC, king of the NFL uh, at quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Man, uh, finished as a QB one uh, or sorry QB three, I believe. I think he, yeah, he finishes he finishes QB one. Finishes QB one. He finished as a QB one last year. 
Um, his current ADP is he's going at the QB one at 21, you know, 21 overall. Um, you know, he led the league in passing touchdowns and all of this he did without Tyreek Hill in 2022. And, you know, that was, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, a lot of were scaring people off about Patrick Mahomes last year was, oh man, he lose Tyreek Hill. And he has a bunch of um, essentially Jags at wide receiver. And we'll, we'll talk about the receiver room in a second, but um, that was one thing that we, you know, we were kind of, you know, uh, you know, worried about, but you know, it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey got fed. I think he, Travis Kelsey ended up with over 150 plus targets, 152 targets, I believe. Um, and, you know, had a, had a, had a monster year. Um, but his wide receivers, I mean, they, you know, they held it together for the most part. No one guy really stood out. I mean, I know Juju had some, had some pop, you know, some spike weeks every now and then, but ultimately uh, it was just, it was the Mahomes and Kelsey show. Patrick Mahomes is number one in EPA per play. And also, and another note about, you know, them doing a lot of damage on offense without Tyreek Hill, they had the second most 30 plus yard plays um, on offense um, with 32, only, only one behind San Francisco. And that was without Tyreek Hill, their most ex- <laughs> one of the most explosive players that we've ever seen. So it doesn't matter who's you know playing offense there; they're gonna they're gonna you know run up and down the field on you. And you know Patrick Mahomes is 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 head and shoulders um, in his own tier uh, above everyone else um, in the NFL. And so, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Patrick Mahomes' current outlook for 2023 uh, and who he's who he's going to be throwing to and, and getting the ball to? I mean, I was one of those people that kind of was, you know, a little shaky about how he was going to perform because of no Tyreek, a bunch of, like you said, Jags in the wide receiver room outside of, you know, Juju at times and uh, just really rely on Kelsey and just, it, I mean, it didn't really matter. So I'm not going to fall for that again. I don't care in terms of like Eric B enemy not being there because everybody said that Andy Reid was doing that plant calling the play. So nothing's really changed. On that end, I know their offensive line has gotten a little bit weaker, but overall, I just I think he'll you know be top three in fantasy in terms of quarterback play once again. We heard Joe Burrow say that he's he's the he's the top guy until somebody overthrows him. So, you know why 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 doubt that he won't you know be up be up there towards the top in terms of you know finishing um, fantasy wise for quarterback play. So. Yeah, yeah, more evidence that he's the top guy, number one in true passer rating, number one in QBR, and obviously I said number one in EPA per play. Uh, yeah, just fire up Mahomes. He's well worth his his draft position. I know it's frowned upon a draft quarterback that early, but hey, if you can get him, you know, a, a lot. You know, I've I've had a couple of starts in underdog where I've drafted Travis Kelsey at at six or seven, and then I would get Mahomes at like nineteen, because. Um, automatically my mind goes to drafting, you know, Patrick Mahomes if I get Travis yep. Kelsey. So yep. um, you, you, you can't have one without the other. Well, sometimes you can, but um, for the most part, it's it's Kelsey and Mahomes are a package deal for me. And I have a couple of teams that have started with that build. And I haven't been too disappointed with how the rest of those teams turned out. Um, I was able to get some decent running back depth. Um, and then, you know, my wide receivers may leave something to be desired, but you can't be fully comfortable with every single position you have. You're going to have a little bit of a weakness um so that's the that's the thing about you know these best ball teams um and maybe at some point you know through through throughout the season one of those weaknesses may turn into a pot into a strength and vice versa so you just never know uh but moving on to the uh, backfield um it's it's a it's a relatively interesting backfield uh we saw isaiah pacheco emerge 
uh, last year towards the end of the season, you know, from weeks nine to 17, he had five RB two weeks. And so, you know, once, you know, Clyde Edwards or Larry came out of the gates pretty hot, I think he was the RB four through like the first five or six weeks of the season. I remember there was a Sunday night game where he scored, scored multiple touchdowns against Tampa Bay and their tough defense. And everybody mm-hmm. thought, you know, Clyde Edwards or Larry was going to be, you know, uh, you know, living up to finally living up to his draft capital, um, you know, when he was drafted over Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then, you know, a lot of us, even you and I, uh, we we went on many shows and we saw like the, the advanced metrics and, and his usage and, you know, his snap share and his opportunity share. And they just did not align with the production. You know, he was running hot on touchdowns, running hot on, on a, a lot of his. It, it just wasn't sustainable. And throughout the course of the season, it that revealed revealed itself and you know he you know eventually i think he got hurt towards the latter half of the year um and then he was a, a healthy scratch <laughs> late, late, late in the season and he didn't even play he didn't even play in the super bowl he was a scout team wide receiver i think he was uh, i think i read something the other day where he was uh, you know mimicking you know Devonte smith and a lot of those other receivers for philly when he was doing scout team uh, during the week of the Super Bowl, and he actually almost played wide receiver because the Chiefs had so many injuries. Because uh, you remember, if you remember going going back to you know that that time frame, you know Kadarius Tony was banged up, and then they yep. had some, a lot of injuries at wide receiver. So um, you know Clyde edwards Lair, he's you know he's had a you know, a decreasing role since his rookie season and since 2021. He had 119 carries in 2021, and he went all the way down to 71. So um, that that's a uh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting one there. Um, his his draft position. He's essentially free and on underdog. So, um, you know, if you want to take a shot at him, if you still believe, if you're one, if you're still one of those guys that wants Clyde Edwards Alaire, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Um, but um, just before I get to Jarek McKinnon, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, are you drafting much of him on underdog? I've got him in what. I have 53 teams I've drafted. I have him on one team. I just, I, I it's just, it's tough. I don't know what, what it is. I look at him. I just, I just end up drafting other players around him or just, I don't know. I just, for me, I think what it is is that he goes a little earlier than I feel comfortable taking him. Um, Cause he's going like what late seventies, seventies, you know, early eighties. And I just don't want to, for some reason I look at him. I just like, no, no, I he's think the, I'll he's pass. the he's the RB twenty five currently on underdog, um, eighty one basically pick eighty one. Yeah. And so you know, there's 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 plenty of guys that I would rather have, at, you know, than him. You know, he's going ahead of Rashad White. I'd rather have Rashad White. He's going ahead of David Montgomery. I'd have David. I'd rather have David Montgomery because he's yeah. going to be in really really good offense. Um, James Conner. I mean, they have he has no competition. In the backfield, I mean, we say, I mean, we can talk about Keontae Ingram, but outside of that, he has no competition in the backfield. And I'd, I'd rather have him over Isaiah Pacheco. And Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, just real quick before we get to Jarek McKinnon, um, his his true yards per carry, it was good, you know, 4.8, 10th, you know, 10th in the NFL, yards per touch, 5.2, 16th in the NFL, right? Not Not bad, not terrible, but his yards created, 41st, yards created per touch, 46th. Evaded tackles and juke rate, fifty first. So hmm. what that what that tells us is that he just gets what's blocked. He's not going to yep. make anybody miss. He's not going to you know make a, make a defender you know you know trip over his jockstrap in the open field. If whatever's whatever's blocked is that's what he's going to get. And he's got four three speed. 
So he can he can get through a hole. He can get through a wide open hole and 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 have some explosive runs. But that's all you're really going to get from them. Um, and you know, just kind of shifting gears to Jarek McKinnon, which is the other running back that I've been taking a lot of an underdog. Um, he he got re-signed uh, to a one-year deal to return to Kansas City, and man, I tell you, like he exploded. They weren't really using him early in the season, but there was a stretch where you know he had you know I think around eight or nine touchdowns over like a four or five game span. Yep. He was just yep. scoring at will. He had nine receiving touchdowns on you know fifty-six catches. So he was yeah he he was that he was that third-down guy, and I, and I believe he played the second highest percentage of third downs. I'm in the NFL at 78.5%. So, you know, that was, that was, you know, the most, the second most uh, behind, I believe, Austin Eckler. I'm in the NFL. And then, you know, there were three players in the NFL last year that scored 10 plus touchdowns and that, that were 30 or older. He was one of those. And the two other ones are in this division that we'll talk about and then we'll get to, mm. um, you know, <laughs> later on in the show. So, you know, Jarek McKinnon, his ADP is uh, RB43, pick 128. Uh, I've been getting I've been getting quite a bit of Jarek McKinnon. He's usually there whenever I'm picking in the ninth, tenth round. Um, and that's that's almost he's he's almost becoming an auto pick. Um, I know whenever whenever it was kind of uh, uncertain that he would be back in Kansas City, um, you know, his his ADP was a little bit was a little bit higher as well, or a little bit lower. But now he's he's kind of shot up a little bit. He's one of the more he he's one of the higher uh, risers um, on underdog over the last like you know last month or so um, since resigning in Kansas City. So thoughts about the backfield and uh, who do you who do you see yourself who who do you see you know kind of do you see a lot a lot of McKinnon still happening or do you you think Pacheco is going to be um, better in year two? What are your thoughts? General thoughts on this backfield? I mean, I would assume that they want to lean in on you know Pacheco a little bit more he he definitely looked towards the end of the year I mean he did have a lot of moments where he looked decent but nothing you know nothing just like oh my god I gotta have him on the field at all times you know he's he's a hard runner you know people don't like tackling him um but still gonna be I think for the most part you'll never know who you're gonna play from week to week I mean, you can start Pacheco, but do you really trust him in your lineup if you're playing lineup leagues? Best ball, cool off sprinkle here and there. Same thing for McKinnon, but overall, just it's the backfield. I mean, even though McKinnon, you know, he did do a lot of work towards the end of that year. Last year, there was where he had that streak where he had like two touchdowns per game for like two or three straight weeks, but he was scoring a lot. But a lot of those, again, were receiving. Uh, if you're playing underdog, that's half point. So, I mean, you, you, you're you going to need touchdowns from him if, for him to even, you know, you know, make your lineup. You can't depend on, like, three for three for 40 every week. You're, he's not going to make your lineup. But, again, it's best ball, so there's going to be those weeks where he spikes. So, I don't like the, the bullet here and there with McKinnon. But, overall, the backfield is just blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh- yeah, but I mean, it's it's still a prolific offense, and we don't know yep. what's gonna we don't know if uh, what what Matt Nagy's uh, philosophy is gonna be <laughs> with, with that with that backfield. But I would assume though that you know since Jarek McKinnon played on so many third downs, I think they should probably keep that as a staple in their offense. And if that's the case, um, that's gonna render Ceh useless again, and it'll be business as usual. Um, yeah. 
And so, but the, but the, the biggest question we have about this offense is obviously the wide receivers. Uh, it's a yep. really ambiguous wide receiver room. And, you know, it's actually cheap to stack an underdog. It's really cheap to stack an underdog. If you get Patrick Mahomes early, you can stack, you know, a couple of these guys in the later rounds. You know, we have, yep. we have, you know, MVS, who's, you know, wide receiver 69 at, you know, ADP 156. Um, we got Sky Moore at ADP 122, wide receiver 56. Um, Kadarius Tony, his ADP is wide receiver 38, pick 72. He's supposed to be the de facto number one. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, there's a there's a lot to there's his his talent. I I, I feel like a lot of people are still kind of living off of that ten catch one hundred eighty nine yard game against yep. the, uh, against the Cowboys when he was a member of the Giants. That's sure. that's the allure, uh, you know, for 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 Kadarius Tony. And you know that year when he was playing, he did have an elite you know you know yards per route run and and a target rate of like I think twenty eight percent. So there were some elite metrics there, but since he's been at Kansas City, he hasn't been able to really stay healthy. He's been kind of banged up a lot. Um, he is used, you know, kind of like a gadget. He was being used as a, you know, a gadget guy. But I think this year, uh, you know, there's been some confidence, uh, you know, uh, com- you know, positive uh, t- talk about his ability to be a number one. I mean, that uh, obviously it's the June new cycle kind of hitting. So I don't know about that. Um, we'll, we'll, that, that remains to be seen. I mean, I'll, I have a couple of shares of Kadarius Tony, but mostly I've been kind of avoiding him because there's other players in that range um, that I prefer. Um, but one guy that's interesting is Rasheed Rice, the second round wide receiver out of uh, out of SMU. He's wide receiver 61 and you know pick 134. So you know it's it's Rice, Moore, and MVS. They're really going almost in the in a similar range, you know, a couple of rounds, it separate kind of separate those uh, three guys. But out of those three guys, who do you think is, I mean, who do you think is going to be, I wouldn't say emerging, but who do you think has the best chance to, to make an impact this year? Now you don't even want to name MVS. <laughs> I actually, and then I'll, I'll just, before you answer, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I have no MVS um, in, on, on best ball. None. Yeah, I have, Zero I shares. think I have, I think I have two shares of MVS. Zero but shares. Was, but that was the that was Best Ball Mania three where I got him, not even the one that we're currently under now. So yeah. Um out of the three, I mean, naturally people t- you want to go with the cheapest, but I, I mean I wanna I wanna I wanna go Tony, man. Just well I wanna uh, go this, I, this is this is without this is saying this is not this is not inc- this is excluding Tony. I'm saying like out of yeah. out of those other guys, like Rice, yeah. Moore, and MBS, who do you think has the best chance? Um, mm, probably, um uh yikes. I mean, this is truly a jag. This is a bunch of jags, man. Like you literally coin flip and you just like MBS and you like you can't even say that's a wrong answer because you don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I go, I guess I go MVS, man, since he's like, he would be the veteran out of the group. And I mean, he played more, he was in, he played more snaps than Sky Moore. I don't know how they're going to use Sky Moore. I know they talked about the running back. Um, I can't remember the running back they've been talking about for training camp, but they pretty much said he got, he's locked in as, the guy to do punt and kick returns. So that's one less job that Skymore is taking away, even though he got that taken away um, uh, during the playoffs when he kept fumbling. But let me just go MBS, man, because he's the one that's usually going downfield and dropping the balls. So 
<laughs> you said he's dropping the ball. <laughs> dropping the balls, man. So he has the most chance to pop because he's the one that's trusting to make those, you know, potentially make those deep plays. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sure. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Just... <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> it's 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 kind of gross. It's kind of gross. Um, but honestly, I like Rasheed Rice, man. I like Rasheed Rice. Second rounder. Um, I, I feel like they're going to really make an emphasis to get this wide receiver thing right. And they wouldn't have mm. done, they wouldn't have drafted another second round wide receiver if they weren't trying to like make a, you know, if, if, if they were satisfied with their receiving room, if they were, you know, blowing up this, blowing this smoke about Kadarius Tony, they wouldn't have drafted another wide receiver in the second round. Um, and, you know, Rasheed Rice, I think, is that guy. I mean, he had a 30% target share, 31% target share at SMU, over 1,300 yards, almost 100 catches in his final year at, uh, at SMU. Pre- really, really productive uh, guy. And so I I, th- I think when it's all said and done, he's going to he's gonna end up being being the guy that emerges um, in Kansas City. Um, but just moving on to just real quick, you know, Travis Kelsey, ADP is at sixth overall. Obviously, he's a tight end one. PFF's number one tight end. Led the team in a major in every major category. Had over 110 catches, over 1300 yards. You know, he was just num- basically number one in everything as as far as a tight end. Uh, continuing to just dominate. Um, I don't think we really really need to spend too much time on Kelsey. I mean, he is what nope. he is. He's just he 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 provides such a positional advantage over the rest of the field, over every other tight end in fantasy. So if you get Travis Kelsey, you don't even have to worry about the position. Um, I, I would even venture to say that you can potentially just draft Travis Kelsey as your as your lone tight end and on on in best ball, and then just leave it at that. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not that bold, but I, I get why people would actually do that. Um, but yeah, that. So that concludes the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, so let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, it's not really too much positive going on over here. They uh, they let Derek Carr, uh, you know, just pretty much let him go. They traded him to the to the Saints. Uh, I know the one of the fan favorites, barefoot Matt Collins. He left to the to the Atlanta Falcons on free agency. They traded Darren Waller to the Giants. They signed Jimmy G, um, and they also signed Jacoby Myers and Austin Hooper. So and OJ you know, Howard and OJ Howard for whatever that's worth. And then they also drafted uh, Michael Meyer, so out of Notre Dame in the in the, in the second round. So you know they kind of uh, I, maybe they feel like they did a addition by subtraction. I don't know about that one, but I guess we'll see. Some of the key player, well. Let me back up for a second. Do you was there any of these moves that you liked? The Jimmy G thing, like I get it, he's efficient or whatever, but I mean, I'll talk about it once we talk about key players, but I don't think this is an ideal situation for him. On top of him, like we don't even know if he's even gonna play. Like, you know, the whole the whole situation with his physical because of uh him recovering from injury, like his his contract is not even guaranteed if he doesn't pass it. I know he recently passed it, but now he needs to actually show that. He's going to be, you know, able enough to play. Yeah, I mean, this. I, I think ultimately this franchise is confused as to what they want to do. They don't know if they're tanking. They don't know if they're trying to compete. Um, if you just look at the roster, I mean, they have some really good skill guys. But outside of that, I mean, what, what, like, what are they doing? 
Like, what are they doing? We have no idea. Um, Jimmy, yeah, like you said, Jimmy G was efficient, and there's a guarantee. I mean, there's a there's an outside chance that he may, he may not even <laughs> pass his pass, and and uh, you know he he may not be on the team. So I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of concern, and their their offensive line is not that great. Um, even though you know Josh Jacobs had a career year, and I'm sure you'll touch on I'll touch on that here in a second, but. Yeah, I'm not really moved by any of these uh, off-season additions or subtractions or whatever the case is. I mean, they traded Darren Waller. I guess they feel like they needed to get something. I know he was obviously rumored uh, to be traded numerous times and finally got traded. So, but no, none of these, none of these really moved the needle for me. Yeah. All right. So, key players. Uh, the first off, we can talk about Jimmy G. Jimmy G is pretty much going free and underdog right now. Quarterback thirty-one. Uh, you know, last <laughs> last year he was very efficient before he got hurt. You know, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 11 games, 67% uh, completion percentage. What he usually does, you know, manages the game well, doesn't really turn the ball over. But like I was alluding to this year, his situation is a little bit worse, even though he has – he's definitely playing with the best wide receivers ever had, uh, the best running back he's ever had. But that this is the worst – by far the worst offensive line he's – He's going to be playing in his career. So, and we saw what happened with Derek Carr when he played last year. So, uh, if they can, if they don't figure that out, then you know, good night to you know whatever shares that you have of some of the some I mean, of the premium assets in this roster because he's going to be the one delivering the ball. Um, Josh Jacobs, we saw him have a career year last year. He was RB three last year. He handled basically ninety percent of the rush attempts, and he still has no real competition. He had damn near 400 touchdown uh, touches last year, uh, which is pretty unheard of on these days. I mean, the only person that really rivals that in this day and age is, is uh, De- uh, Derrick Henry. So for him to have that amount of touches for from you know even coming from before the season started, the talk the talk was Zamir White was going to be you know ushered in at some point during the season because we just assumed that the Raiders weren't going to resign Josh Jacobs because it was contract year. You know, fast forward, this dude smashes and Zimmer White is like to dust. We don't even, you don't even utter his name. So, uh, but to also keep in mind with Josh Jacobs is, you know, you want to monitor that contract situation because he's, I don't think he's signed that, that, um, that franchise tag yet. So, and obviously he doesn't have full leverage. He doesn't have really have any leverage, honestly, in terms of the situation he's in. But, you know, you want to kind of monitor that and see how they end up handling that. So, you got any anything to add to Josh Jacobs? No, I mean, no, no running backs this day and age really have leverage. I mean, it's a, it's the unfortunate truth. I mean, I, it, it probably should change at some point uh, down the line um, whenever they, you know, with, with a potentially new CBA. I don't know when they're up to negotiate that, but something needs to take place with running backs because they're they're constantly disrespected. I know it's a you know it's a position that you know there's it, there's not a lot of opportunity. You know, there's not a lot of uh, you know. Um, value in, in the running back position. Um, Dalvin Cook just got cut, and he had a pretty damn good year. He had a, right. o- almost 1,200 yards uh, <laughs> this past year and showed that he's pretty explosive. Now, I know his efficiency metrics are, are are dwindling a little bit year over year, but for the most part, he's still a really productive guy, and he's 27 years old. Um, but the life of the running back, man, it just, it just sucks. I mean, and Josh yep. Jacobs is coming off of his you know, career year, and that's when you eat. You, you eat contract years. 
you bet on guys that you you bet on guys that have the contract years and uh you know Josh Jacobs was super efficient last year. You know, was number one in the NFL and, and yards created at over twelve hundred thirty three yards. Yards created, that's insane. That is insane. Yeah. And number two innovative tackles. And so, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is just he he's he he was he was a monster. He was an absolute monster. Yeah, Devonte Adams. You know, he's going basically wide receiver a ADP of uh, thirteen. So basically, at the turn in the first round. Uh, in your underdog drafts right now, we saw him. He was wide receiver three in 2022. Imagine you having the number three wide receiver and the number number three running back, and you don't even come close to sniffing the playoffs because your defense. Only, only Raiders, like, only Raiders fans probably have them on their roster at the same time. Because <laughs> ain't no way, ain't no way, <laughs> ain't no way, boy, ain't no way. Uh, uh, no, Devontae was second in in the league in targets, starting yards. Just a monster year with his best friend. Now he's playing with Jimmy G, somebody that doesn't, you know, he can deliver the ball, but again, playing with, you know, worse, uh, a pretty bad offensive line, you know, pretty much a dicey quarterback situation for for Devontae. So, in terms of outlook for him, man, I, I mean, obviously we're going to assume that he's going to be that guy, but I think for me, I'll be a little more hesitant in terms of drafting him. Uh, when he comes around my turn, like even for me, like in some of these underdog drafts, I've seen him go like he's still around around, you know, pick 14, pick 15. And I'm just like, uh, I think I'd rather go take, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver, two for Miami than over than, you know, the situation that Devontae has, man, which, you know, is kind of telltale. You know, I, people want to see it. I don't blame them. I, I don't want to take a chance in that particular situation, honestly. Yeah, um, you know, but whoever's throwing him the ball, I mean, it's just we 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 got it. We got a basically a, a vintage Devonte Adams year with, with yeah. basically everything that we saw in Green Bay. You know, he was first at two over two thousand air yards, second in deep targets, number one number one in target share. Being peppered with targets is the norm if you if you're throwing the ball to Devonte Adams, he's the guy that you're going to get the ball. He's the, he's the guy that's gonna it's going to demand the ball. Yards per route run metrics still in the top ten at two point five nine. So it's just it was is a normal year. So I'll I'll take some Devontae Adams, but yeah, man, yeah. that 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 quarterback situation and that just that's just an environment period is is yeah. not ideal, man. Yeah, so. I just I just expect some kind of regression. And like you said, when you play underdog, you're playing you're playing a lot of tournaments, so you can portfolio approach. Of course, you're gonna dabble in some, but. I'm definitely not going to be overweight. I can tell you that within my teams, I probably don't have. I probably look at my percentage. I bet you it's less than ten percent. So yeah, let me I just don't want to. I don't want to do too much in in that in those yards of of, of Raiders wide receivers uh, with with uh, Jimmy G's quarterback. And then also you got Jacoby Myers, who we talked about that got signed from the Patriots. His PFF grade number seven wide receiver, which is really interesting. You wouldn't even expected that, but he was really efficient last year. He was 67 for 804 and six touchdowns. You know, just a basic year for him. I, I mean, outside of the touchdowns, that's basically what he's been doing when he's been with the Patriots. So, you know, a solid number two, but doesn't really move the needle for me. Then you also got Hunter Winfrow, who, you know, who's really he was really injured last year, but apparently they don't really want him because they got his jersey half off. If you go to the Raiders uh, team store in Las Vegas right now, so uh, do what you want with that. And then you got Michael Meyer. Uh, Mayer, who they drafted in the second round, who they obviously they want to replace uh, 
Darren Waller, somebody that you know who's really hyper productive in college, athletically he's he's okay, really big, catches everything. But again, he is a rookie tight end, so it's it's tough to you know kind of trust those type of players. Tough tough to trust that position in general for rookies unless unless he's going to come out here and get at least eighty targets at least. Then I don't I don't know. Jimmy G throws to the tight end. You saw him do with Kittle, but. I mean, I don't know, man. I, 80 is kind of like that threshold for you to be borderline, you know, tight end one. If he's not getting 80 for a year, then I don't even want to I don't even want to bother with them. So for me, I'll watch other people take, you know, Michael Meyer, even though he's going at the end of the drafts. I mean, it's somebody in your redraft leagues, you know, you can, I can just wait on it and, and pick him up on waivers. I don't want to waste a draft pick on him. So uh, any yeah. anybody you anybody you want to talk about uh, before we get to the big question? No, I mean, it's just um, – I, I think at the end of the day, it, it, this this is just an offense that, that has a couple – has two really, really good players and, the, and a bunch of question marks after that. I mean, that's yeah. that's the bottom line. Um, and it, it, it'll – a lot of it will get, will get cleared up if their quarterback situation improves. If Jimmy G is healthy, we know he's at least serviceable and he can feed a number one receiver. Um, so – and, you know, the right offense and the right scheme – um, we, we know he likes in breaking routes a lot. That's his yep. number one most, you know, thrown routes. And I, yep. I know Devontae Adams likes, you know, he, he can go over the middle, um, at, at will. So we'll, we'll see it, This is just yep. kind of like a wait and see. Yep. Mayer's big, so he can go up the middle. I just don't expect a lot of deep targets cause that's not Jimmy G just doesn't do that. Just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the biggest question is, you know, does Josh Jacobs repeat as, you know, RB three, like he did this previous season or, you know, do you think he'll have, you know, let me just say a top five finish, even though I know history shows that, you know, within like the last 10 years, somebody just had that amount of, you know, touches uh, for the previous season. They don't even come close to, you know, repeating that or getting close to that. I mean, the only one of note that's, well, that let me not say the only one of note, there's been a couple of people, you know, Christian McCaffrey did it back to back years uh, a few years ago. Uh, and then Derrick Henry. Outside of that, nobody's really, you know, backed up somebody, uh, you know, backed up uh, damn near 400 touches season and come back again and, you know, just kind of, you know, destroy defenses again. So uh, what are your thoughts on t- in terms of Josh Jacobs' uh, fantasy outlook for 2023? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, with the contract situation, uh, that, that'll that'll definitely push him push him down a little bit further when it, when it comes to um as the as the summer progresses um you know whenever you like it's just it's kind of unheard of whenever you have a guy that finished this high as the rb3 and then in drafts he's the rb9 like 27 overall like that's yeah kind of unheard of we haven't really seen we haven't really seen anything like that and then usually usually if that's the case it's he might he might have suffered a late season injury or something may have happened but um you know more guys are getting pushed up and he's getting pushed down so he in, in a way he, he's he's you know somewhat of a value in drafts and i've i've been taking yep. a little bit more of him as of late um but the contract situation is still kind of looming and that's just kind of one thing to monitor because you don't know what's going to happen whenever if does he report to training camp what does he do in training camp is he going to be um is he going to be you know rusty is he going to not have his conditioning up to speed uh but in terms of workload almost 400 touches I don't foresee him 
you know, having, you know, another workload that heavy again, unless, you know, they want to just completely run him into the ground. Um, because this, you know, since he's playing on the franchise tag and that's, that's the only, that's the only path that I foresee um, him, you know, getting that many touches again, but it, it's, it's just kind of hard to repeat that. Honestly, yeah. it's hard to repeat that. It would, it would make sense for the Raiders to, you know, you know, pound him again, in terms of him, what he does with it is another thing. Uh, but I can definitely foresee him, you know, getting a lot of touches again. Now, 90% of, of you know, the rush attempts is <laughs> – and for him not to be – not to get hurt for, for somebody that's always always has some kind of nagging injuries, um, you know, it was just, you know, everything aligned for him. I just – again, I just think regression hits him in some kind of manner. He doesn't – he doesn't repeat this RB3 finish. He might finish in top you – know, RB one um, finish, but not RB three. I don't. I don't think. I don't see that in his future, in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough. What's up, everybody? It's Ike from Off the Line Fantasy Football. I'm excited to announce that Destination Devi is partnering with Underdog Fantasy for the 2023 season. There's no better way to put your skills to the test against me and other top fantasy football analysts this off season. But here's the best part. If you use promo code OTLFF when signing up, you'll get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord. Now, why is this important? You get additional stats, additional tips, and much more to dominate your drafts. And plus, and you know, we got all the information. We got all of the EDU for you. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, and let's make this season one for the books. All right, so next, uh, we're going to go ahead and shift gears to the Denver Broncos, the new-look Denver Broncos, with uh, adding Sean Payton as their head coach, trading draft picks to acquire head coach Sean Payton from the Saints. Um, you know, we I, I think the last time we saw a, a, coach, a head coach traded for picks was John Gruden in Tampa Bay. First in, mm. in Las Vegas or the or the then Oakland Raiders, uh, so you know they they added some Maj P Ryan who was a pretty was a pretty solid uh, pickup uh, from from Cincinnati, um, and they drafted Marvin Mims in the second round. So uh, that was a I think that was a kind of a surprising pick uh, for many people, um, yep. you know. So like that, but but he but he can uh, he can stretch the field, and Russell Wilson, you know, as bad as he was, uh, can still throw the ball down the field. Um, and then, uh, and and then, and there's there's a lot of evidence that kind of points to that. I mean, as bad as our offense was in 2022, you re- remember I, I mentioned that Kansas City had uh, 32. They had the second most 30 yard plays. I um, in the mm-hmm. NFL with 32. Denver was tied for fourth with 29. Who would have thought with yeah, how who, bad he was? With how bad he was, Denver was fourth, uh, and they had 29 uh, plays of over 30 plus yards on offense. Um, but a lot of those were, you know, just kind of. You know, ju- ju- uh, uh, Russell Wilson chucking it up and and and, and deep passes uh, whenever they were trailing and getting their heads beat in. So uh, that that kind of had something to do with it. But um, with Sean Payton's, you know, as as head coach, you know, quarterback, you know, one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver are they? Those are the guys that really move the needle. Outside of that, I don't know if there's like a second guy that kind of emerges. So, um, but just kind of going to Russell Wilson, uh, we'll just. Current, currently going as a QB 18, pick 132.4. And I'll be honest, I've been taking a lot of Russell Wilson 
um, in drafts because he's cheap and Nathaniel Hackett is no longer running the show there. Um, and one, one, one other interesting fact that a lot of people are overlooking as soon as they fired Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson had multiple top five weeks in fantasy to close the season. And so I think he was the QB two and the QB three, um, you know, over the, over like the last three or four games of the season. So just something to keep in mind, something to monitor. Um, he was putting up fantasy points late, you know, late, late last year after they fired, finally got rid of Nathaniel Hackett. Um, but you know, that season was also still a nightmare. He was PFF's 29th, 29th, uh, rated quarterback, um, top six interceptable passes, danger plays, and pressured throws. Um, I can go on and on. 28th in deep ball accuracy, 27th in QBR, 26th in under pressure accuracy rating, 31st in pressure completion percentage. Bad, 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 bad. But again, there's there's low light at the end of the tunnel. Sean Payton's quarterbacks are never that are, are never usually that bad. I think he'll be finally coached up. Um, or he'll be coached up a lot better um, than he has. Even even back in Seattle when he was being coached by Pete Carroll and and, and that and that team, um, off, you know Sean Payton is is an offensive minded coach, and he's had a lot of prolific offenses. So I th- I think Russell Wilson is is due for a bounce back, and I just don't think and I refuse to believe that he's washed. Um, but kind of shifting gears to the backfield, um, actually real quick before I shift gears to the backfield, uh, thoughts on Russell Wilson uh, before we move. Uh, I've been taking a lot of Russell Wilson late too. If I, if I, um, uh, definitely if I draft, if I take in like my first quarterback is like Dak or you know, somewhere in that range, then I'll just double back a couple rounds later and get Russell. Um, I mean, it's a good bet, man. Just like I'm betting on the Sean Payton, Sean Payton turnaround and you know, the positive regression for Russell Wilson. Again, this offense has a lot of good pieces, the defense is not going to be as good this year. So I just expect him to, you know, score points and he'll be the main catalyst for that. All right. So shifting gears to the backfield, it's it starts with Javante Williams. He tore his ACL, PCL, and LCL in week four. And he's currently going off the board at the RSD RB29. So that's around pick, you know, 94-ish. Yeah, that's that's just the range that I, I just don't. I'm not really I'm not really feeling for for him. You know, he's going before James Cook, Alvin Kamara. His teammate Samaj P. Ryan, who we'll talk about, Antonio Gibson, um, even Zach Charbonnet. Like, there's there's guys that he's going ahead of that I just I would probably prefer. Actually, maybe I think maybe Zach Charbonnet is probably where I draw the line. Um, but you know, Javante Williams, I, I I know he's been having he's had some positive news about his recovery, about his how he's ahead of schedule. Right, <laughs> right. Doesn't mean it's what we it's what we always get. We always get the ahead of schedule, but. Even well, well, that that remains to be seen. I mean, that that's there's there is a uh, once you tear like the I think I was reading something the other day. Once you tell the tear the LCL portion of your knee, uh, there's it, it probably adds or tacks on about a hundred plus days additional to the recovery uh, window. So I don't know if we're, I don't know if we'll see him, um, you know, maybe until midseason um, at, a, at a at a at a playable level. Um, but before the injury, he wasn't even efficient that either. I mean, he ranked 61st, I'm sorry, 62nd out of 71 qualified running backs in PFF rushing grade. Mm. Uh, so, and he was the RB 35 in, in PPR points per game as well. So he's, he wasn't very good. 
um, his he he had a lot of he, I think he was top twelve in fantasy points. Um, his his opportunity was top twelve, but it didn't produce like it. And so he yeah. there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of things to not not like before the injury. So and then this kind of goes back to our rule, right? You fade running backs coming off of your one ACL tears, yep. and this is a prime candidate, especially with an additional uh, couple ligaments that he tore. And so I'm staying away. But I'm not staying away from Samaj P. Ryan, you know, ADP RB, you know, ADP at, at 106.7, going as the RB 34. Been taking a lot of him, and he's going to be pretty involved, heavily involved early on um, uh, this season, uh, while Javante Williams continues to heal, heal um, from his knee injury. So I, I've been taking a lot of Samaj P. Ryan. I'm sure you have as well. Um, so. You know, Samaj P. Ryan's a guy that I that I liked, and there's really nobody else in this backfield that really that we even that that really matters right now, right? I mean, is there any other guys that that come to mind? Nah, bro. There's not another guy. There's yeah, not. It's only it's just they, there was another running back they talked about. Uh, you know, kind of corresponding with you know Javante Williams still trying to recover, but it's Samaj P. Ryan for me. Uh, we talked about this early a uh, few shows back in terms of that ADP. You know, that gap was a little bit wider. As you can see, there's only 13 spots in between them now. So as we get closer, we'll, I mean, we'll find out for sure if we, if we start seeing videos of Javante doing work or, you know, Sean Payton's already came out and said that, oh yeah, he should be ready for week one. I call BS on that. Oh yeah, of course. Um, um so We'll see. I just imagine Samaj getting closer and closer to, you know, being under that 100, 100 uh, ADP, man. I just I just think at some point we're going to see them side by side each other. Um, I, I'd rather take my chances on the healthy guy than the one that just tore every CL in his knee, um, you know, last almost a year ago. Yeah, so um, the interesting thing we want to talk about are the wide receivers. Um, we got mm. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims, and Tim Patrick. Um, obviously, Jerry Judy is the highest uh, is going the highest in underdog underdog drafts currently as a wide receiver twenty two. So um, you know, pick pick forty one. So it's around the fourth round. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jerry Judy? Uh, I mean, I was high on him last year. It didn't really work out because of injuries and poor quarterback play. And I'm I'm back on the train, man. I just I like Jerry Judy a lot. I mean, even though he didn't, the stats didn't show it, he still, I think he still had like a top five in terms of, you know, uh, elusive rate in terms of like getting open, uh, yards of separation. Just he does all the little things that, you know, to to get the potential to receive the ball. So, I'm, I mean, I'm back on. And it seems like they are leaning on to him being the, being the guy, even though we heard reports in terms of them being eager to, you know, not being eager, but open to trading either one of them, him or Sutton. So he's a guy that I like a lot, and I think he's coming up on on on, on what his fourth year. I think they did they pick up his option. I can't remember if they picked up his option, but I know he this is his fourth season. So I um, I don't I don't know that for a fact. We'll have to figure. We'll have to we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. I'm leaning Judy now. More because I, I I've always been like on the Cortland Sutton side, mm-hmm. but um, but I think all signs are kind of pointing to you know Jerry Judy, you know, kind of breaking out and showing that he's the number one on this team. Um, I did see it, but I did see a quote uh, earlier, I think earlier this week, uh, that Cortland Sutton is watching Michael Thomas tape from 2019, 
and he wants some of those targets and he's going to be lining up in some of the spots that he was lining up that year that he broke the record you know that's that that was his response whenever he was asked how he's how he's going to improve this year i do like the answer i mean so basically like in you know in games that jerry judy's been active in Cortland sutton's career he's only averaged about 10 and a half fantasy points per game and so you know he really suppresses his production when or jerry judy really suppresses Cortland sutton's production when they're both on the field together so I, I've been I've been taking a little bit of Cortland Sutton, but not too much. Um, but I'm starting to come around a little bit more on Jerry Judy, especially Jerry Judy, who's been who was the wide receiver 13 um, in in points per game across 12 healthy games last year, um, and was PFF's you know 20th rated wide receiver. And so I I, I think uh, I think I'm kind of moving um, in the direction of Jerry Judy a little bit more. Although in that fourth round, there are still guys that I prefer to take over Jerry Judy. But um, if you're if you're taking judy over if you're going judy versus sudden i'm taking judy um in 2023 um and then they drafted marvin mims in the second round and we talked about earlier prolific guy field stretcher um but then tim patrick um he he's going basically free at the end of drafts i don't know what his outlook is he's coming off of an acl tear as well towards the acl i think uh was it the beginning of training camp or the beginning of the preseason i can't remember uh i want to say it's the beginning i want to say is the beginning of preseason but it was really it was, it was super early before, before the season started yeah. yeah um so we'll have to see how his recovery is going um but there was there was you know kind of there were some talks that tim patrick was russell wilson's favorite target in the early practices and how he was um, well last year before he got hurt um they, they were they were building a lot of chemistry so um we'll we'll see if that carries over but i, I don't i don't know because you know year one acl tears you like to fade those guys we like to fade those guys and then the only guy relevant in the tight end room greg dolchich um he had some efficiency as a rookie um he, he had some pretty pretty good metrics i mean air yard share he's seventh overall uh t- his a dot was third um and t- well, he had 12 deep targets at the tight end position which was third as well so Russell Wilson was targeting him down the seam and down the field. And I think that's a guy that he's going cheap. He's going cheap enough in drafts to where you can get some value there um, at tight end 14 pick, uh, you know, 141. I mean, I think there's, there's opportunity, um, you know, to, to, you know, to add Greg Dolchich at the, at the end of your, uh, at the end of your uh, rosters at the tight end. Yeah. yeah. That's around the 12th, 11th, 12th round. So a l- still a little early, but I don't blame you if you're looking to you know start that stack with you know, like Judy and some of those other pizzas. So I don't I won't blame you for you know going taking Greg Dolchich. Yep. So that that's uh, do you have anything else to 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 add to the to the Broncos? Nope. Just it's on Russell Wilson, man. Just it's, it's, it's about Russ, man. It's about Russ. What is he? Is he broken? Is he not? We're gonna yeah. find out. We're gonna find out this year, and I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna be making a lot of bets on Russell Wilson to turn things around because I, I still believe in him and I, and I don't think he's washed. And so, um, and I'm going to be drafting a lot of them as the summer progresses. Last but not least, the last team of the AFC West is the Los Angeles Chargers. The moves they have made is adding Kellen Moore to their OC position. This is definitely an upgrade from what they had before. Uh, adding Kellen Moore, he was top five offenses. He had two top five offenses two years. He was the OC in Dallas. Top five in plays per game both years. The last two years he ran um, a lot more no huddle than the the Chargers did the last two years. I think he doubled. The Chargers only ran 6% no huddle. Dallas ran 12. Um, the, run, the pass run percentage uh, 
the Chargers ran uh, ran more pass plays than the um, than Dallas. I think the splits was Los Angeles 64-36 and Dallas 57-47 uh, 43. So I expect that to kind of level off with Kellen Moore because we saw him run a lot of two running back system uh, when he was you know with the uh, with the Cowboys. So and then I also drafted Quentin John- Quentin Johnston and the end of the first round. I think what pick twenty one. They drafted yeah, Quentin, he, so yeah, there was three straight receivers that went like from yep. picks twenty to twenty-two. So yeah, he yep. was twenty-one. So you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, it was that that pick surprised me because I mean, everybody was hyping up that I was going to be Jordan Addison because of his connection with the wide receivers coach. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a lock. Yeah, and then they're like, "Nope, let's go get the Mike Williams clone." So, um, key players. First off, Justin Herbert. I know a lot of people were, you know saddened by his how his you know year went i mean he still threw over 4700 yards 68 percent 68 completion percentage i think the i think the thing that you know people were just you know startled by was just you know just fantasy points man he only threw 25 touchdowns i know last year the year before we saw him throw 40 so uh you know it just kind of the year slowed down for him once he hurt his ribs you know kind of early on in the season just never really the offense really just didn't open up after that. They were just really dink and dunk. I think he had uh, the A dot was at 6.4. For someone that has that big of an arm, that's egregious, in my opinion. That's negligence. Brock you know, Purdy so had a higher A dot than, than, bro. than Justin Herbert. Yeah. You should, it's just ridiculous how how he was used. Um, it's definitely late in the season. Um, we saw him you know, finish QB 11. Like I said before, he was PFF graded number 12 quarterback of the year. Right now he's going QB seven and underdog drafts at um, ADP of fifty five. So basically, before the sixth round he's getting drafted. Um, you no know, points per game is on been uh, was declined from you know the the year prior to two thousand twenty two. So overall, I just expect him. I just expect him to you know to come back to come back to life with you know the play caller Kellen Moore with all the weapons that he has around him. I just expect him to you know go back to you know good graces with a lot of people in fantasy uh what do you, what, what are your thoughts on on justin herbert yeah and then uh, just kind of adding on to the to the to the the kellen moore thing i mean they kellen moore didn't have a, a he, he's been consistently in the top two in neutral pace um and i think last year the, the chargers were fourth in pace so they're they're used to playing fast already so they're gonna pay they're gonna play a little bit they're gonna play a little bit faster this year and they're, you know, and Kellen Moore's offenses were pretty prolific. Um, if you ask a Cowboys fan that, they'll probably tell you that you're lying because they're just <laughs> angry with the team. Um, but the, fact, the facts are there. You know, the, the Cowboys offense was was near the top of the league um, and just being prolific. So it, I don't know. I, there's, there's, there's still, there's still a lot to like with this offense ultimately. Um, and they were still, and another thing, you know, the Chargers were second in pass attempts per game. And so again, yeah. like the, the, the pass volume and the pass rate over expectation, all that stuff is going to remain high. Um, Justin Herbert just had a, you know, a unlucky year when it comes to touchdowns. His 4,700 yards were second in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> on a, in a down year. On a down year. On a down year. So crazy. Um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely buy up Justin Herbert um, at his ADP right now. So crazy, Austin Eckler, you know the guy that's leading the the back room, the uh, the running back room for the Chargers. We already know that he's not going to be back after this year, so it should be interesting how they use him. Last year he was RB one. We saw how he just 
anytime we saw Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams missing, you knew that Austin Eckler was getting 10 targets. Like it was automatic. Um, you know, with you know, Kellen Moore calling plays and you know, with not just now adding Quentin Johnston. I'm not sure if we're gonna see the the volume that he sees in terms of passing wise. I know that's something that Kellen Moore in the I know the two years that he's with the Cowboys, he just didn't show that he really peppered the running back with targets. But we know Justin Herbert, you know, is not hesitant in terms of you know dump it dunking it down if he needs to. So um RB2 going right now in ADP, uh going pretty much the ninth or tenth pick. I, I don't blame anybody uh for taking him that high. He he's been smashing the last two years. Like I said before, Kellen Moore does like using two running backs. So it should be interesting how he utilizes Austin Eckler with whoever he trusts to, to be that backup running back. If it's Joshua Kelly or Isaiah Spiller, two backs that did basically nothing for the Chargers last year. So it should be interesting how he handles his backfield. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And, and the, the a couple things about Austin Eckler that had, had they just basically led to him just smashing over the last couple of years, red zone looks, you know, he was carries inside the five. Uh, yep. He wasn't getting that before, but now over the last couple of years, he's been getting that, and his touchdowns have completely spiked. And then the other thing is third downs um, and and uh, and and red zone and red zone targets. Um, he's on. He, as I mentioned uh, when I talked about Jerick McKinnon earlier, he was second in the NFL on in on on third downs. Uh, third downs played for his team. Austin Eckler was first. Um, so that's 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 no secret. Um, and Austin Eckler had 25 red zone targets versus Jerry McKinnon 16. So he was far and away um, the most active running back um, down inside the five or, or in the red zone. And that's a, a huge reason why Austin Eckler, especially in a good offense, because this offense is going to be good and it's going to be really good again this year. Um, you know, with Austin Eckler continuing to smash his last year, might as well go out the bang. He's in the <laughs> fantasy. He knows we're watching. He know he played. You know he he plays fantasy and he has. He's he's on every week um, on a fantasy football podcast talking about his performances. Oh. So um, he he's 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 a man of the people. He's a man of the people, and he's going to continue to produce. So looking forward to uh, seeing another year of Austin Eckler smashing. And it's about time. Yeah. It's about time he finally moved up to the RB two because it was Bijan Robinson for a while. Um, yeah, you know, throughout you know early, early part of of this uh, this this best ball season. And finally, he's starting to starting to pass him up a little bit. Yeah, so. and then also, I just need to keep in mind, just to you know, put in perspective, this dude had 107 receptions as a running back. I mean, he was only nine players, period, that had over 100, and he was he was fifth on that list on 127 uh, targets, which was what 84, almost 85 percent completion percentage for him catch rate. So just ridiculous, yeah. man. Automatic, just, man. He's automatic. Just crazy. All right, wide receiver room. Keenan Allen, PFF grade number nine wide receiver. Mike Williams, PFF grade number 18 wide receiver. These guys are pretty much going within the same range in terms of being drafted. They're being drafted in this, in, in, in the same round, um, in the in the fourth round. ADP for Keenan Allen is 38. Mike Williams is 44. Wide receiver 19 for Keenan Allen. Wide receiver 24 for Mike Williams. So I know a lot of – I know when I see both of them, I'm just kind of like, uh, you know. Mm, I, I kind of no <laughs> exactly just my hands kind of shaking like eh, they're yeah. good but eh, I don't know if they're that good but you know 
like I said before, portfolio approach, I kind of dabble in each one. Not really, you know, it's you know, just just in case, man. It's a good offense, so I want a piece. Never so. know. Never yeah, know. Never know. And then now you got Quentin Johnson in the mix. He's going wide receiver four two ADP of 81. It's a little, it's a little high for me for for the wide receiver three. <laughs> Josh, but, Josh. Hey, we're look, we're look if we're looking at a prolific offense. I that's mean, true. I get that. Yes, yes, I get that. But go if we go back to Keenan uh to Kellen Moore, how many time how many throughout our time watching the Cowboys, the wide receiver three is not a guy that I'm just like, I gotta have him. And somebody at getting drafted at 81, you need somebody, you need somebody to get hurt. That's all that, I mean, honestly, you need somebody to get hurt out of those two. But Michael Williams banged up. Yeah, luckily, yeah, luckily he's on the right team because these guys stay hurt, so it works out for him. So potentially, I get it, but eighty-one is it's a little it's a little pricey for me. I'm not gonna lie. It it's it's a little pricey. Um, I I would say, but I like if 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 I were to approach this, um, you know, in certain drafts, I would probably go with Keenan Allen, and then I would go with Quentin Johnston. Like, yep, I would yep. try to I would try to do that double stack if if possible. Um, because a lot of people are overlooking this, but Keenan Allen was the wide receiver 10 points per game over the, like the last eight games of the season. Yeah. Uh, when he came back from that hamstring injury, cause you remember he had, he, he played week one, uh, and then, uh, it got hurt and then st- and played a little bit. I think the next game or a couple of games got hurt and then, and then missed like yeah. half the season and then came back at 60 catches. Yeah. Um, it finished with 66 catches. So Keenan Allen was still vintage Keenan Allen over the last eight games. So I think, yep. um, you know, especially with a, a, a team that's, that's going to be even more pass at, ha- you know, pass happy, uh, an offense is going to be even more prolific. Um, I, I think, you know, Keenan Allen's good bet at wide receiver 19, ADP 38. So I think, uh, you know, Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnston are probably my target. And, and look, Quentin Johnston has first round draft capital. He's going to be on the field. He's going to get on the field at some point. Yeah. Um, in the season, if it's the the middle of the season, the end of the season, the beginning of the season, who knows? He might be a factor early on. You just never yeah. know. But I, but Quentin Johnson will get on the field, and he's going to produce. I think. Uh, yeah, and so. which sucks where the next guy, Joshua Palmer. I mean, somebody that and we kind of been a little high on. You know, he's got he's flashed at moments, but you know, he's pretty much dust now. He needs he needs a couple people to get hurt. Also, being a wide receiver four, and then you also got Gerald Everett, somebody that. Uh, again, I know I was high on last year, and he finished right outside tight end one. I'm back on the train again because we've seen what Kellen Moore, how he likes likes getting usage out of the tight end, and this is an athletic tight end. Hopefully, you know, Jared Everett figures out to, you know, stay on the field and not get tired and or not have the drops uh, when, when, when it's time to score touchdowns. And, you know, this is, like I said, he – Kellen Moore is in a great situation in terms of the team that he that went after him. There's a lot of weapons here. Pretty good, uh, pretty good quarterback. He should he should be doing something similar than what he did with the Cowboys. So again, this is one of these offenses where I would be targeting to get pieces of. So biggest question here, obviously, is will this new OC change? You know the you know, charge of sentiments in terms of you no. Know, people kind of being down on Herbert and, you know, you know, putting some of these pieces on their team, on their team. Uh, I know a lot of people hate on the Cowboys, but if you, you know, actually just look at the numbers themselves, like this is a pretty good OC in terms of, you know, getting your weapons uh, opportunity to, to do something in fantasy. 
Yeah, they were the, the, the Cowboys were over the last when Kelvin Lamore has been the offensive coordinator, they were like top three or top four in points per game in yards. Like that's not I mean, you can hate the quarterback all you want, or you can hate who you can hate the team all you want, but like Cowboys fans aren't realistic because they don't they they don't pay attention to facts. A lot of Cowboys fans don't. And the facts are this offense was really damn good. Um <laughs> it was a really, really damn good offense. So but you know, um, but I don't know. I, I, I think I think um it'll it'll change their fortunes on offense, but you know, we just really need to kind of focus on the defense to see like yeah. if they're if they're gonna, you know, you know, be be strong and, and continue to be uh, you know, because I, I know they 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 had some injuries on defense as well. I know JC Jackson was injured for a while. Yep, he, he was, he was there, pretty much the whole season. He was, yeah. hurt, he was hurt most of the season, so he was like their he was like their prized like free agent. One of their prize free agents, uh, Khalil yeah. Mack. I think he went to the Pro Bowl. Did he go to the Pro Bowl, or he had a pretty good year? I, I can't yeah, remember. But, uh, I think he did. I know Joey Bosa missed a lot of the time because he got hurt. A lot. There so was a D line. Yeah, just we, people yeah, kept getting hurt. Yeah, people just kept getting hurt, and you know, but the but yeah, like we know the offense will, will be prolific and they'll be and and they'll continue to score points. Um, but they just need to be more consistent. Uh, and I think Justin Herbert will probably, you know push to push for about i don't know he'll probably push for around like 35 plus touchdowns um yeah. this year and then also another thing that i didn't even i forgot to even mention they had two linemen that that missed pretty much a lot of the year i know their their first round draft pick uh got hurt he didn't play any of last year so the offensive line should even be better so it just i, I just expect the, this team overall offensively just to be better man just i just expect a lot a lot of points because they're still in a they're still in division with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are going to score. It doesn't matter who they have out there; they're going to score. So, got to <laughs> yep. keep up. Broncos, we expect some kind of positive regression, so got to be ready for that too. So, I just think that we should see a lot of points coming out from here. We are at the end of this show. Please tap in with us uh, throughout these next few weeks as we go through each, you know, divisional. Uh, talking about the Alex for each team within that division. I know next week we should have a guest. We're going to be talking about the NFCE, so make sure y'all tap in with us for, for that episode. I know y'all be excited about who's going to be coming on here for that. Of course, always, we got to talk about the underdog promo that we have going on. I know, like we talked about, you see the puppy, the $5 tournament that's going on. They got the, the Best Ball Mania for $25 to enter. Use our promo code OTLFF. You get a deposit at least $10. You get 100% match up to $100. You deposit in ten dollars, you automatically get into the the destination Debbie Discord, Discord for a year. Within that Discord, we've been talking about on underdog, you know, strategy and, and 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 underdog build. So tap in with us with that. We're definitely trying to trying to get somebody from within that group to you know that to be the big time winner at that Best Ball Mania Four. So you know, come in there, have fun with us. Let's trade strategies or whatnot. Let's talk. Let's talk underdog and let's try to win something. Uh, all gas newsletter that drops every Friday, 7 a.m. Find it anywhere on our on our Twitter handles, or you can find it on, uh, at Destination Devi on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Off the Line FF. You can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Genes. That's G E N E S, or just follow uh, Ike at just underscore Ike 09. We are pretty good, funny follows. I think I would say so. You know, come come follow us and have fun. So, Ike, you got anything else? Uh, I do want to update you guys on how many underdog teams I have drafted <laughs> to this point, June 15th. 
I have 89 teams drafted. Damn. I have 89 teams drafted. And the puppy two is almost filled. So you guys get 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 it in. Um get those last few entries in. I think they'll probably take a little bit of a break before the the, the puppy three comes out. Yep. But almost best ninety six almost at ninety six percent filled. So yeah, so they'll they'll be take they'll be uh they'll be taking that taking a little bit of a break on that. But um but yeah, I'm I'm what I, I told you guys at the beginning of the season, I ain't messing around. Nope. I ain't messing around. So I got all these I got all these teams being drafted. So you know, hopefully I have even more success than I did than, than I did last year. So that's that's the goal. That that is the goal. I I gotta catch up, man. Um I'm I'm only at fifty four, so I got I got to catch up to you. Well, I'm not going to be able to max out the puppy because since at 96%, that's going to be that's, that I'm going to have to be like hauling ass to try to do that. But the goal is to, to get close to maxing out one of these. So let's see if we can do it and, and see if we can win some money. But yeah, I'm not I'm not then, even close to maxing out any of these either. These are yeah. just across like different contests that have okay. already happened um, throughout the off season. So I'm not I'm probably not going to come close to maxing, but I will I will have a lot of teams though. I will have a lot of teams. So yeah, 88 I'm, and counting. Yeah, I'm my goal is to get have over 200. So, but I got I got to get on it if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do it. So, yeah, you got some work to do, buddy. All right, until then, y'all. We'll holler at y'all next week. Make sure y'all tap in with these these uh, team outlooks for for the coming weeks up until we get ready for the season. Peace out.